You're listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. I'm your host, Scott. Here with Nathan and Jeff, as per hey. usual. Yeah. Hey. hey. So, did you just hey your own intro, Scott? <laughs> Hi, I'm here with Scott. Hey. And Nate. <laughs> hey, guys. Because <laughs> you, you said, hey. No, I was saying hey to you. Oh, yeah. Hey. I, I mean, I like that you hate for yourself. It's better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. It does sound funnier. Uh, yes. But truth be told, I wasn't haying myself. Maybe I will hang myself next time. I would like that. Uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Is there a weird innuendo with hanging yourself? I don't I think so. No. No. I can't warp my brain enough to make that. It's like the new tarred and feathered. You're honeyed and hayed. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Not really. Not really. I don't think it's a thing. Yep. Mm. It's, uh, it's Jeff's and my birthday week. Oh, yeah, it is. Woo! Woo! So, I literally forgot that until right now. Yay, age. My day has been so busy that I literally, you said it's our birthday weekend. I was like, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. It's it's this week. It's yeah. totally gone in my head. <laughs> I know. You guys are like less than a week apart, right? I My birthday's Thursday. His is Saturday. Oh, wow. Boom, boom. Two days. As our dad says, there's one good weekend a year. Yes. <laughs> That was one of that was one of Dad's best one-liners. <laughs> so good. He said it so quickly. One of our friends, we were I don't know we were at it was at your house, Jeff. I forgot what for, but it was Ben. He had, he said, "Yeah, why are Scott and Jeff's birthdays so close together?" And my dad on the spot said, "Yeah, there's only one good weekend a year." It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so quick. Uh, it's, good. it's right up Steve uh, Sally all the way. Yeah, but yes, mm-hmm. it's uh, I'll be the ripe old age of twenty nine. Mm-hmm. My twenties are twenty-seven. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know why twenty-seven feels particularly old to me. Twenty-six, I still feels like you can pass as like, hey, you know, I'm still kind of young. Yeah. For some reason, twenty-seven to me feels like uh, I'm just almost thirty, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Just, well, now you're. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just on that side of things, aren't I? You're Shoot. officially, I don't know, three quarters of the way through your twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're halfway through this twenty-seventh year, you will be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, 27 is like at the tail end of them. It's a very, you're still young though, but it's also a very legit age. I you don't know? feel any different than when I was 23. Same. I, I, I feel you same. Like 21 <laughs> is one thing, but like 23, I don't know. I feel like I've been about the same age for the past four years. I don't think yeah. much has changed. Grant, I think if you- I've gotten fatter. If you let, it. yeah, well, if you completely let yourself go and you're just kind of like, like full couch potato- then I think you can definitely feel the 28. <laughs> but like if we're all relatively active enough to be like, I still feel basically the same. I actually yeah. probably feel better now than I did three years ago because I was not as healthy then yeah. as I am now. So I'm glad you can say that about yourself. I cannot. I feel worse. I'm worse. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Get on my level. Well, I used to play before I had kids. I played in like ultimate Frisbee games. Mm-hmm. I was in a volleyball league and like I was – out and about and since having kids i just don't do that anymore yeah and that was kind of the last straw of like oh i just don't do anything the past three years it's tough um i'm yeah i'm finally at the point now where i could kind of exercise while i'm around davis like Mm -hmm. 
I don't, he doesn't need my constant attention. So, you know, I'm running out of excuses. Um, tonight, we put him to bed super early, like around seven, because he took a really short nap. Mm-hmm. So I had some time between putting him to bed and doing this that I went for a run tonight. Yeah. So if you hear me still breathing heavy, it's because I don't know. I must be wheezy. I don't know what's going on. But it's, it's that er, that fresh cardio <laughs> wheeze that you get when yeah. you haven't done all the cardio it's recently. It's been a while since I ran, and uh, I wanted to die. I wanted to That's die. That's good. That's good. That means you did the good work. I ran two miles. My pace was like 950. Still? Just trot- it's still good that you got two miles, man. Just man. trotting along. Get, getting, getting two miles is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to not be focused on my pace and just kind of feel the accomplishment of getting it done. Like, yeah, as long as I feel like I well, exercised, that's all that matters, really. So, like, my loop in my neighborhood is just under a mile, and mm-hmm. I tried to do it quickly, and I killed myself. Then I couldn't run for like days because, like, I am I went so hard, I'm completely dead. Yep. And then I was like, I'm just gonna do whatever pace I think I can do to complete the lap. And I started doing that, and I was like, oh, that's way better. I should mm-hmm. just, I just need to do that. I need to not try to die. Because it's a, it's a Jordan Peterson. He's already making his way in. Woo! Early enough. Uh, welcome, Jordan. But he he said it in the case of studying, where he said if you only have the attention span to study hard for twenty minutes, mm-hmm. then you should study hard for twenty minutes for five nights. You shouldn't try to study for three hours. Yeah. Because it's the same total time, and you really Man. just you don't want to burn yourself out. You want to do as much as you can do well. That is advice and, I wish I had received when I was in I school. Know. <laughs> I would kill myself. Oh yeah, dude. The night before a test trying to cram it all in and retaining none of it and then failing anyway. Like, what? I could have been playing League of Legends. Uh, it would I, have been the same result. I could have gone to the gym and played basketball. But, yep. yeah. yeah. Just, you know, just making sure that you actually pace yourself to the level that you can actually achieve mm-hmm. and not overdoing it. Because yeah. you're so much better off doing what you're actually capable of consistently. And that's the kind of thing that also comes with time and repetitiveness. Like, it took me a very long time to get up to the speed that I go now. But I also, like, my relaxed pace is still faster than my pushing it pace was before. But now when I push it, I'm at a different level than I was. So mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah, I, it's more rewarding in the sense of like, oh, wow, look at that. I was way faster. Wow. <laughs> you know, just kind of just barely, like, leaning up against reasonable or just beyond reasonable, you know? I'm. I need to get running again. I, I've pretty much stopped because I've been so buried with other stuff going on in life, just trying yep. to get all my house crap dealt with. And same. Yeah. Do I'm doing a ton of yard work. We're also like ripping out new areas of weeds and planting new gardens there. Mm-hmm. So like every day, I've been doing something physical, be it tiling or yard work, but none of it's been running. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I really need to get back on the horse, my own horse, my legs, and get back to running. Maybe we could like yeah. start up the uh, the exercise accountability again, but we could be more reasonable yeah. as opposed to like you got to do six days. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is what we were doing before. That was brutal. Yeah. It was good. It was good for us and definitely got us to where you know probably way up farther than we were. Yeah, yeah. our one buddy lost. I think if, he, he lost if you're doing three days a week, I think if you're doing three, three days, days a week, you're doing you're doing okay. That's that's like four a days is like dose. four or that's five is like optimal. Three but. times more than zero days. That's per week. right. So. It is significantly hey. more than my current. Zero. <laughs> I like the way you think, Scott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just increased my workload by three hundred percent. That's right. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah. But yeah, well, uh, we're drinking Knob Creek tonight. Yes, these smoked mm. maple. It is. 
uh, when we first had it, it was extremely sweet. Bringing it a little down with some ice, some cooled ice to make it a little cooler and it waters it down just a little bit is like, I freaking loving this. It's so good. I know. It's delish. Yep. I am. I very much prefer bourbon with an ice cube in it mm-hmm. than just neat. Yeah. So I, I myself am actually drinking my second gin and tonic of the night. Cause we talked for way too long before we started podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm almost out of my drink. I got to pour another one and I'm out of gin. <laughs> Cause I have one of those like, Oh, there's not enough gin left to make a second gin and tonic out of this. Mm-hmm. So you just add the rest. <laughs> so I like have a cobble it together a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I have a stiff gin and tonic. For my second one here. <laughs> nice. Oh golly. Where's your, uh, what, what was your big, thing you had last week was it glenn fittich this- oh, oh no. it's a giant elijah craig, craig. Oh, elijah craig yeah. oh it's so heavy oh <laughs> you should so just big. do curls <laughs> with that man it's just a monster man. bottle of elijah craig that's so great <laughs> love it yeah mm-hmm. i keep it close at hand nice absolutely oh i forgot to mention um because it's my birthday week um i was gifted something early came oh, today yes. i have a mini fridge over there now Yes. Ooh. So that's exciting. I, I think you could classify that as a drink cooler because it's got the nice glass face. Yeah. So like you can see the stuff inside of it. It's yeah. not like a, I might a dorm wanna... room fridge, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. that. It's nicer. It's a lot nicer than that. I might want to string up some like LED light strips in there. I can dig it. Or something. Mm. So you can see in there. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. I'm also working on a little electronics project for Davis. Nice. Um, I want to make a binary counter circuit. Mm-hmm. So you push a button and it starts counting up in binary and different LEDs light up depending on what the binary number is. So I'm kind of oh, nice. I'm waiting for the parts to arrive. They'll arrive on my birthday, actually. Oh, so cool. that's happy birthday to me. But uh, <laughs> work. Yay. <laughs> he, he, loves, he loves pushing buttons and he loves things that light up. So that'll just be a simple little battery power. Are you going to frame it in like thing. a nice wooden box or something? It'll be. In a plastic box, um, I'm just gonna put I'm gonna put it on a breadboard and like hook up a battery to it. It's gonna be really simple, but um, I'll kind of glue in the button on the top mm-hmm. of the box and the LEDs, and so he can push the button and see. And I'll I'll put all the electronics inside. So maybe one day in the future he'll be in you know high school programming class and he'll learn what binary is and how you. <laughs> symbolize it out and he'll go oh my gosh i already know it (laughs) click in his head (laughs) it just all falls into place like dominoes (laughs) yeah he's just the binary whiz (laughs) right thanks dad (laughs) that is my intention (laughs) i like it that's a solid goal get him get his brain thinking in base two Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should make a hexadecimal one too i freaking love (laughs) yeah i know that's like probably the nerdiest statement i've ever said but i love hexadecimal so much it is so genius i know right like it's extremely nerdy but once you like learn all the relationships between stuff is like oh it's just fascinating how it all works love it so the other the other thing that we did this past week is i had one of my friends from out of state Mm -hmm. his girlfriend goes to college she's a d1 softball player at uh, university of connecticut or boston i forget which one i'm blanking now pressure's on drinks in hand i can't remember which college she goes to uh but so she's a d1 softball player and he lives in la so he flew to the east coast Mm -hmm. and they road tripped the whole country back because they thought what the heck we'll never do this again 
let's freaking road trip the whole country. Yeah. Why not? And they swung by my house for one night and we took him to an escape room, a new escape room in Solon. Oh, nice. Cool. Which I did not know existed. And it was very fun. If you haven't done an escape room, they're awesome. It's oh, like, man. Yeah. It's such a good time. I, so we did that and I was like, oh, okay, we definitely have to go back here. This what was, was totally the, worth it. What was the theme of the escape room? The theme of this one was that you were trapped in a submarine that was sinking. Oh, oh I like that one. <laughs> you had to figure out how to make it. Where, like You had to figure out where all of the different uh, valves are for the engine, which had been stolen. Ooh, I'm Dang. super about that. That's ah, pretty exciting. That is literally really cool. my alley. All of yeah, it. It was, it was super fun. So I, I love escape rooms. This is my third one I've done. Oh, yes. Second one? Second or third I've done. Mm-hmm. And totally, totally good time. It's like... 35 bucks a person so it's not like the nah. cheapest thing but for a, like you're only doing once a year or whatever it's totally worth the mm-hmm. effort to go so there's one in solon ohio if you're in our area totally cool i've done three the first one was escaping from a serial killer's dungeon mm-hmm. which Exciting. was freaking gory and it was good but mm-hmm. you have to have the stomach for it like everything was you know fake but they tried to make it look as real as they could mm-hmm. and it was they did pretty well um, <laughs> the second one was diffusing a bomb mm-hmm. um the third one wait what was the third one i just blanked it's gone i've done two escape rooms <laughs> <laughs> i have concluded i've only done two uh i've done i've done a few of them one of them was really crazy it was for my uh brother-in-law's uh, bachelor party we actually went and did an escape room and it was at this like these people are like probably the most passionate about escape rooms that like people that have ever met like they're like so, crazy intense about it. they're like if it is not feel like you're living in a movie then it is not good enough so they're like everything is like as fit and finish as they possibly could and it was the hardest thing like i've done i've done three or four of them and it was unbelievably difficult but it was awesome so my friend from California that we did this with, the reason why mm-hmm. we did it is because he works at an escape room in, in the Disney parks. Oh, yeah. Because he lives right by Disneyland. And nice. So he's a hardcore escape room guy. And he's also my former teammate in professional Rocket League. So he's like, he's not a, he's not clowning around about these things. He's quite serious <laughs> about escaping his escape rooms. And he mm-hmm. does them over and over again and like tries to get the fastest time of escaping ever mm-hmm. in different rooms. Like he's, he's crazy like me. So we were doing this and the number of times that he saw something, he was like, ah, this totally means that. That totally goes with this. Mm-hmm. We go, you sure? He's like, absolutely. <laughs> and he's just right. <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. That's not natural, man. He was so confident. He knew exactly what he was doing with these things. I will yeah. say, he's like a hardcore escape room guy. From like, even just like a brain perspective, that's like such a quality thing to do on an evening. Like, hey, we're going to go all, all out and think for an hour really intensely and focusedly and actually use our brains. And it's also just so much more rewarding when you're successful at the end. Yeah. yeah. So we did ours and like, so the one we picked was the hardest one that this place has in Solon is the mm-hmm. hard, their hardest rated one. We did it in 42 minutes with no hints. Wow. There you go. Which Dude, is pretty good. That's we pretty kinda, good. <laughs> we kind of destroyed it. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I love those things. Fantastic. Sweet. The Mark Rober has a YouTube video on mm. how to, solve escape rooms there's a certain way of thinking about all the puzzles that can make sense like you don't have to you're not supposed to approach them like the way you normally would Mm -hmm. you have to think of it more of like a game (laughs) or yeah i don't know it's weird he had a whole strategy guide for how to beat an escape room quickly yeah i'm guessing guessing your friend knows some of the tricks (laughs) 
some of the so internet. I literally didn't want to watch the video because I was like, I don't want to know the game. I want to learn the game. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not, you know, cheat it. I'd, I'd rather just go and figure it out than be told how to figure it out. Absolutely. So I never, I, I, even though I watched like every Mark Rober video, I've never seen that one because I didn't want to know. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't watch every video, but Same. I watch a, watch them a fair amount. So, all right, let's get into this topic. Yeah. Get this topic. <laughs> I'm like I'm like two, two, two times deep already. I'm just dehydrated. Oh, so uh, yeah, and now you're just having ran bourbon. for the first time in two months. So um, we want to talk a little bit about free speech tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, topic, just the general conversation yeah. that's happening right so, now. So in this day and age, um, social media has been around mm-hmm. for 15 years now. 16 years 2006 2007 i feel like is when facebook and yeah that's when it really locked in yeah that's when it started getting myspace shout out to myspace the best social media platform had one of those (laughs) best because it was the worst (laughs) yeah um so it feels like free well and twitter came around maybe in 2010 or something yeah um so these ginormous platforms where everyone can make an account and post whatever they want are still relatively new to humanity Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and we're all still figuring out how to handle those platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, are you allowed to say literally anything you want? Um, mm-hmm. Or are there, should there be some limitations there? Um, so it feels like in a lot of the conversation right now in our society is about freedom of speech. And it mm-hmm. feels like it is exclusively secluded to the online space. Because that is yes. how all of our communication happens these days. You can still say, I feel like you can still say whatever you want on the radio mm-hmm. or in your podcast for the most part uh, or on YouTube. I mean, as long um, as it's not illegal. Yeah, as long as it's not illegal. But uh, the problem with that is people start deeming everything hate speech and yeah. that's illegal. So I mean, inciting violence well, against other people, that's yeah. like traditionally illegal. <laughs> Yeah, there's it's it's very clearly and tightly defined what is legal and illegal speech. Mm-hmm. Where that's the there's we're I don't know we have very little curtailing of this in our country, less than any other country in the world. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's limited to if you directly call, hey, you should go kill X person. Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you can be punished for assisting murder for and that. That's reasonable, <laughs> honestly. But the, but the law yeah. isn't. The law isn't like you committed a hate speech infringement. Mm-hmm. It's you incited murder. Yes. Which but- is different. We're like in Germany, if you reference like Hitler incorrectly, you can be arrested for it. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the platforms on which such threats are being delivered mm-hmm. are assuming responsibility for their users posting that stuff, mm-hmm. which does not make sense to me. Yeah. So Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all these big tech platforms feel like it is their duty to limit speech. Otherwise, they're the ones who are responsible for whatever happens, which I don't think is true. I don't think they actually are it's, responsible. I it's think it's the individuals who are responsible. Mm-hmm. It's hilariously the same thing with the COVID restrictions where suddenly Giant Eagle and Heinen's viewed it to be their responsibility to make sure that I don't get sick mm-hmm. in their store. Yes. And it's like, bro, it was never your job to do that. Like, yeah, you, but this is not your responsibility. It's my responsibility for me mm-hmm. to take care of myself. It's not my grocery store's responsibility. Well, every, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that 
I I completely agree with what you're saying, Jeff. The the problem is is that kind of like at the beginning of our generation, things started shifting as it pertains to liability and people like like the sue happy people basically came out and were like gonna oh, yeah. sue everyone for everything. And it's <laughs> like so now there's all this assumed liability that occurs. There's a Tim Hawkins joke about this. Yes, right? y'all, y'all kids today, you don't know what's going on. You got bandages and ointment and lawyers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like with that, it's like I completely agree. It is, it should be a hundred percent your responsibility, but it's like now it's all this assumed liability, and it's almost like the tech companies within social media are acting as if they have assumed liability for the way people say things on their platform, like they own it almost as opposed to it being someone else's thing that they own, which granted at this point is crazy because I think you can actually use social media in court now to, as evidence to support your case to some degree like that. You said something essentially. Yeah. Yeah. If you posted something on Facebook and then committed and then committed a crime that you're mm-hmm. posted about, they would say they would reference it. Yeah, yeah like, for sure. But it's like that, the, it. that definitely should be you if that's the case. And it shouldn't well, be the yeah, point. And it of, shouldn't be deleted. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it should be allowed to be there. I don't know. Um I think whenever tragedy strikes, um, mm-hmm. everyone will look at, inwardly at themselves and be like, What could I have done to stop this? It, mm-hmm. I think that's just, I don't know. And everyone's going to it's think something that. natural. It's just natural. Yeah. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of the collective, like what's going on with all these companies. And um, that's why Chipotle has to have an opinion on things. That's why. That's my that's favorite like, piece like, of the whole thing. Who, is- who asked you for your opinion? That's why the Cleveland <laughs> yeah. Indians have to make a post. Sorry, the Cleveland Guardians, whoever the. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, just gagged a little bit. Um, uh. That's why they have to make a post saying how. Um, how upset they are about the shooting in Buffalo, New York that happened the other day. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. care who, who asked you? You're a baseball <laughs> team. It's everyone feels like they are somewhat responsible mm-hmm. for, every, for everything. For everything. Well, yeah, that came with the whole like silence is violence thing. It's like the lack right. of speaking is basically means that you're omitting to acceptance of it. It's like, if you right. don't speak it, out against it, that means you're condoning it. It's like, you realize it, those what's are difficult is that's partially true. It is right? partial. Like, there is truth in it. Like if you know that one of your friends is like messing around with serious drugs and mm-hmm. you don't tell anyone and then he ODs, it's like, yeah, bro, you have some responsibility there. Mm-hmm. How did you not say anything to his parents? Yeah. How did you not say anything to his wife? Whatever. It's like, yeah, you have, you, it's like a natural feeling of like, I didn't do anything to stop it. And I feel responsible for that. Yeah. So the silence is violence. It's like, if you're silent about crimes and horrible things going on, you're almost complicit for them happening. And it's like, well, it's like you're kind of right, but it in the social a, media world, it doesn't work like that particularly. It's I, hard. Yeah. I feel like there's a very small intersection of where that's actually yeah. true. Well, sorry. I just like, it's, my brain's okay. going. <laughs> I, I had that thought. I don't necessarily know how to embellish on it, but okay. no, I was, I was just thinking, it's as if, like, let's say you're hiking through the forest, right? And you come across some train tracks and you see a dude just laying on the train tracks, like, like obviously trying to end his existence. Like, you're like, yep, he's trying to go. And you just 
leave him there. Like, well, it's his problem. Like, <laughs> you're kind of part of that now. Just by, like, by the lack of taking action, at the very least trying to, like, help him. Like, not putting yourself. No one's going to expect you to put yourself in harm's way. But at the very least, going over and talking to the dude be like, hey, dude, like, <laughs> this is not a good idea. Like, get off the tracks. Like, trying to, like, trying to do, like, trying, making an effort. But it's, like, it's that sort of, like, actionable thing like where you are going to take action like oh there's there's a blind person walking out in the street as traffic's about to come out and you just like let him go (laughs) like like you don't say anything you don't do anything you don't take an action in that moment it's like okay that's a totally different scenario than like i don't know somebody says something or says says you should you should feel this certain way or you should think about this a certain way and you just like i'm just not going to make a comment on it because i don't feel like i have an any sort of informed knowledge about this thing. So I'm just not going to say anything. It's like, well, then you didn't, you didn't immediately say that it was a bad thing. So you're in the wrong. Now you're equally as you're equally as responsible as everyone else. I I think, I think that's a good analysis of it in that, like what, what what the reference that I gave is something that you find. uh, I'm going to make the absolute morality argument that Mm -hmm. you actually, you genuinely feel that you have done something wrong when you are, Committing will be what's this, what's the word? Not a sin that of omission, but a sin of um. Is that uh, is what it, it is? No, so it's a sin of omission, right? Where yeah, you, that's what it's yeah. not that you didn't do a wrong thing; it's that you failed to do a right thing. Yes, yes. So there's there's a genuine moral law that's written in the in, in every human heart that mm-hmm. when you see something evil happening and do nothing, yes. you actually feel the guilt of it because it's, it's a, something that God has placed on our hearts to feel. It's mm-hmm. a Dietrich. And that is now being attached to every single social media interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's an unfair attachment <laughs> because I might just not know. And then that needs to be okay that I just don't know what you're talking about and I'm not going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But that's become like an illegal thing to do. Like you have to make a statement. Yeah, well I feel like they're only there are very few accounts, social media accounts, individuals or companies or mm-hmm. organizations that actually have enough power to make a difference by their statements. So when my, some, all the, like when the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, everyone's changing their profile picture to the black, just the blackout. Like that does nothing. You're just a dude from mm-hmm. Northeast Ohio. I, and <laughs> I have a neighbor with a Ukraine flag in his yard. I'm like, bro. What does that do? I, like, I laugh at the Ukraine flags help? too. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, I don't. Okay, we all support Ukraine. Why do you have to? I have hope. A, I hope the best for them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just why I'm not going to go there and fight their war. And like, what does this do? Yeah, and to make to tie this back into a freedom of speech thing, like you're always free to do that. I don't care. I think it's silly most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think putting political signs in your yard is silly. Most of the time, you're free to do it, but you're, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why you do it. Uh, your, your neighbor has like Trump elephants in his front yard. My neighbor, yeah, a couple houses down is uh, yeah. ridiculous. With it. It's like, all right, bro. Yeah. I will say people that fabricate their own uh, political signs out like so that they can be extra big and like put like reflective tape on it so you can see it at night. And it's like, you definitely spent hours on this. Like yeah okay dude <laughs> but i still i still see trump 2020 oh signs yeah that's around. Like, give it up guys my goodness he was the president that's where it it's ends. over <laughs> oh my word uh, have you much. seen 2000 mules yeah <laughs> but like i mean there's that aspect of it but then you have the farther aspect where 
it's almost as though I feel like there will be people that would discount what I'm saying, but never it's, it seems very apparent that there is a narrative that the social media is rolling with. Yeah. I think think we can agree that there is a narrative and that it is tilted to the left. And so with that inherently, because there's a narrative that is trying to be upheld, contrarian views cannot be argued against. Like if I say something that's contrarian to the narrative, you can't argue against that because that's giving it some, any amount of validity. That's even just showing it the argument as a whole in some sort of respectful way. And that is unacceptable. So it just has to be removed. Right. So like, I I just made, I just made fun of, 2000 mules which is the new documentary by dinesh d'souza that just came out oh i don't know anything and about how that. it's the, there's only one platform that's willing to host it and that's um rumble it's on rumble it's the only place you can see interesting. it interesting and while while i predominantly think he didn't make a good enough argument to say oh yes we clearly have the evidence that the 2020 election was completely stolen by these 2000 vote harvesting people mm. in key locations which is the argument they try to make well, I, I think he failed to make a clear argument, especially when that would hold up in a legal case. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you literally cannot watch it anywhere but mm-hmm. Rumble. It's like, really? YouTube banned instantly. Netflix exactly. will never take it. Amazon never take it. It's like, well, won't that, even let the guy make the argument? Exactly. What if what he's right? He, what I don't think he is, but what if he is? That, it means they're afraid that he might be. Yeah. They don't the want thing you is, to hear Which gives more credit to it. Exactly. <laughs> Is what so, if and now all the conspiracy theory people are like, oh my god, the big techs are trying to stop it all because it's it's totally right, and it's like, no. I but- mean, but the thing is, is that how much fear do you have to have to to shut down stuff like that? Like that's the thing. It's it's almost like you know you have two people talking, and then one person says something, and the other person who was originally talking that almost completely, like it just goes. It's not in alignment with what the first person said, and they just immediately start yelling over them so that you can't hear what they're saying. Even if the first yeah. person is right, they no longer seem to hold credit to what they're saying. It's like, if it is truly wrong, then let's find out that it's wrong. And that's part of like the frustration that people had with like Twitter and stuff and people saying that shadow banning doesn't exist. And it's like, yeah, but then why? Because the the numbers aren't lying here when it comes to this stuff, right? Yeah. Why did all the it's, conservatives get so many more followers as soon as um, Elon Musk announced he was going to buy Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like that kind Ben of Shapiro stuff. said that he was plateaued at like four million followers on Twitter for mm-hmm. about three years, and then Elon Musk bought Twitter and he went to five and a half instantly. <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? I wonder what that means. It's like I don't know. Can't figure that one out. Not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, uh, you right. got you know it, all that stuff is so yeah frustrating so, to me. The, a big problem in our society right now is that all of the cultural institutions kind of subscribe to a very left leaning ideology, mm-hmm. and they have a ton of power. Um, and yeah, they're the ones who are deciding what's allowed on their platforms and what's not. And so when you have a ton of power and bad ideas. The only thing you can do is silence the good ideas. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you know you can't compete with them when it comes to 
like reasoning out why you believe what you believe. Like mm-hmm. um, I, I listen to a lot of conservatives. Honestly, I'm very conservatively biased. Totally owning that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> it all makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all explained very matter of factly. Um, I feel like the guys I listen to are eat like they can refute a lot of what the left is trying to cram down our throats like very easily like it's not difficult <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're not working um, really hard to make that happen they're not scraping the bottom right. of the barrel it's the top yeah. right like why why <laughs> when covid was going on why weren't we allowed to talk about a lab leak theory and it turns out that might have been the most likely source of this thing and there's a leak of chocolatey goodness yeah, the in John Hershey, Stewart. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Look at I the want chocolate, the chocolate factory. factory. Dude, that's uh, that's really funny. <laughs> that was a great clip. The, the interesting thing great, is, though, is that the the statement that is largely pushed not only by the media but specifically social media is this put down of misinformation, and it's like, okay, there is somewhat of a noble cause there. You don't want people to get a bunch of garbage if. It used to be that the only garbage you could hear was in the people that you could talk to or were in your school or you already knew or you right. happened to go to a party with and talk to. Like, that was it. Now you get to hear the whole world. So, yeah, yeah there's a you have exposure a to a lot more garbage than you would have before. So I think that is a noble cause. But the problem is, is who gets to decide what is... What is misinformation? It's exactly. like if like if only one particular set of people that all seem to happen to hold similar ideologies held all the power, then they would say that whatever the opposite people were thinking was a misinformation. It's like if all of the Republican Party, for instance, or let's say let's say the Daily Wire is is particularly a they're a right leaning news organization. Yes, my understanding. If that's they held all the capability, that's everyone's understanding. Okay, good. They own that too. Uh, if if they held <clears throat> all the power to control what was misinformation and what wasn't, you could probably say that there's a lot of left wing ideas that would probably get labeled as misinformation simply on the basis that they believed that they were wrong and not even factually based up. And that's just purely for the fact that you requires conflicting. It re- requires conflicting viewpoints to actually find the truth. Otherwise, you can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe all this gender theory stuff is misinformation, but that's openly accepted on all the platforms. Like, believing a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man is misinformation. Like, it's literally impossible. (laughs) If I posted that on our Twitter account, our Twitter account would be subject for banning. Yeah. But if you said that in something in favor of it, even though we can believe that that is false information, especially on a biological level... That would be like, oh yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah, not misinformation. That was one of the famous. Elon Musk actually tweeted this when he was first announced he was going to buy Twitter. It was a Tim Pool interaction mm-hmm. where he said he was sitting down with Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter, and the head legal, which was I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I think she's an Indian kind of name. I can't. I don't remember how it goes. Anyway, um, and he said, let me give you an example of where you have a rule about misinformation mm-hmm. that is an absolute like left-wing favor. And he says, there's a transgender man to woman who wants to be called she. A conservative says, he wants to be called she. 
Mm-hmm. And you say, no, 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 that's wrong. You have misgendered them. And the conservative goes, no, you're the one misgendering them. I'm gendering them correctly. You are doing it wrong. And you go, no, we are right. It's like, aha, that's a left-wing bias. Because the conservative is saying, I'm the one who's right. That's a he. And you're saying, no, we're right. That's a she. And there is no give in this. And you're just going to decide the left-wing perspective is the correct one. And you're just going to get banned. Mm-hmm. like there's no wiggle room there's no debate it's like you control the levers and you say it's wrong and now it is wrong and there's just no if you ever post it your account mm-hmm. gets banned instantly well it's so stuff like that has been happening for i mean that was six years ago i think it was 2016 when this mm-hmm. was popularized that's it's been six years of this stuff people are just freaking done the <laughs> interesting thing about all of this is that personally i enjoy talking to people that have the opposite view of what what I think. Because it's one of the how great can I learn something life. if I can only hear from people that think the same way? That means there's no new information coming into my life. Like, especially people like us who are conversational. When you are at some random church gathering or some random party, mm-hmm. when you meet someone new, yeah. and you go, well, what do you think about this? And they think something that you haven't thought, you go, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting and then you talk yes. to them all night it's like that's what i do i met someone at church this past sunday talked to him for like 30 minutes like i yeah. never met him he had some interesting thoughts about cybersecurity that i had never thought before and i was like i've never thought about these problems <laughs> like that's interesting to me you've given me anxiety <laughs> <laughs> yeah he yeah. works in cybersecurity for goodyear and it's like what oh. it's mm, like yeah like that's that. fascinating so i talked to him yeah. for like a half an hour have you ever thought about what your it department at your job is actually responsible for <laughs> They are freaking heroes, dude. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and all the people so that I'm, they have to deal with that have no understanding of how much they could cripple everyone yeah. at the drop of a hat. Oh, yes. my word. The, my, the <laughs> company I used to work for Ugh. got hacked because one of our employees clicked on a bad link in an email. <laughs> dude, Marty was there for the conversation. Rough, we were going dude. off. <laughs> what, Jeff? Marty was with me. We were talking to this guy. We were just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Just, <laughs> oh, did he, did he tell deep. that story? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was bad. Like the company was nearly completely destroyed from this. Oh, my like word. we literally had to pay the hat. It was, a, it was a ransomware attack. Like the company literally had to pay this dude off. It was like, I think it was a single guy. That's <laughs> just the same thing happened to my company too. Yeah. It's happened to every company I'm aware of, mm. including like, like remember when CPC oil Got hacked and their pipeline shut down. Oh, oh yes. It was like three, it was like two years ago, and all the oil prices shot up for like a week because bad. CPC Oil lost control of one of its pipelines. Uh, I don't remember that. No. So I only remember it because I worked on CPC's code when I was a software contractor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, they got hacked. They are very secure. I know they are. I had an account with oh, them. Word. <laughs> like, dang, these people are serious. Anyway, my point being. That it's genuinely one of the great pleasures of life to meet someone who thinks differently than you and mm. actually ask them why they think that way. Yeah. In an honest, open fashion. And to just not let that happen because you disagree or you have a different perspective on things and saying, no, 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 only mine is allowed. It's like, bro, no, that's just not mm-hmm. like you don't want to do that. You want you want to be able to experience what other people think. Yeah. You want to attack them. You want to not attack them personally, but you want to attack their ideas maturely. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I've yeah. never thought that. I want to know why you think these things and I want to understand it so that I can go, do I think that's true? No. And here's mm-hmm. why. And then you can all build together into a better future. Yeah. So 
Sorry, you had a, your point. I'm going to take a slightly different. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Please! <laughs> Hold on, Scott! Slam the door! <laughs> yeah, the problem, <laughs> and that's why free speech needs to be allowed, um, mm-hmm. so that you can have a, an open exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, the thought. Oh, You got this. Dang. Hey, give me, like, I need, I need silence for a little bit. I can figure this out. Um, oh my gosh, it just completely left. Oh golly. Okay, I'm not going to take us the entire The train away. has left the station. It, you said partially what I was thinking already. So what kind of sparked um, this whole thought process for me go ahead, was I watched uh, uh, Second Appearance, Jordan Peterson. I saw a, a Jordan Peterson video talking about free speech in an interview. And one of the things that he said that was, see, you got it. Hold on to it. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really powerful is how much that free speech is actually connected to thought. Because when you are able oh, yeah. to speak, it you, the way you speak also shapes your thoughts. I don't know if you guys do this, but when I'm thinking about something and I'm like, not just thinking about it as in like, oh, I'm thinking about a guitar and I, th- he, I see a guitar. But when I'm puzzling through something, like trying to figure something out. I'm typically thinking of it in sentences, kind of talking back to myself. And then you're able to suss out like a new thought in a certain sense. And it's like that came from somewhere. And so it's like, if you're not allowed to actually have free speech, that means that your speech has been controlled to some degree, which means you can't actually have new thoughts and how much that actually completely shuts down everything. The whole process of actually moving the human face like race forward as a whole. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. That's like, uh, if you've read 1984. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to write down my thought from before. Save it. I wrote it down. Um, <clears throat> from 1984, they have, the, if you've read the book, um, there's uh, this concept of the thought police mm-hmm. in there. And the reason George Orwell came up with that idea is because he understood exactly what you just said, Mm -hmm. that if you limit the the literal vocabulary (laughs) of humans, Mm -hmm. they will not be able to convey certain thoughts. You're literally inhibiting their ability to think as widely as they could by limiting the literal speech they're allowed to think, um, the the words they're allowed to say. Um, It's crazy how that all interacts like you you don't literally don't give them the language to think what you don't want them to think mm-hmm. yeah that's where he, he drew that back to a biblical principle of how god calls reality out of nothing mm-hmm. and how you don't know how to even comprehend something until someone explains it to you so like if you showed someone something they've never seen before and you gave them no words to describe it, they would not know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you say that is a, you know, that's a, that's a monitor. It's a, it's a piece of elect- electronics that mm-hmm. displays images for you of what someone else has seen. It's like, Oh, I now have the proper words to understand the thing right. I'm looking at. And I if know you didn't give them that, is. they would never understand it. You just can't do it. You're so limited until you hear the mm-hmm. words that describe it. It's like, Trying to tell, like, Kelly, like, trying to have Kelly see a a live dragonfly and then explain it to somebody else. 
Like, yeah. it's not going to, like, she doesn't even have the words to convey what that actually is to another human being. Like, it's not yeah. even there. And then it's like going in the reverse and being like, well, these words, these are the bad words that we will not use. So do not utter them. It's like, well, that means that they're not going to be uttered in people's minds even. So it's like, how and can you, you actually even puzzle to describe it. whether the thing that you're saying is actually good and true or whether it should even be like, whether it's worthy of challenge, you know, whether someone's ideas, let's say someone comes up with a new idea. It's like, well, we don't even have the vocabulary to like challenge that effectively now. Yeah. You also don't know when you repeat an idea that's already been tried. Because if you completely say like the the obvious one now is like Nazism, where people think, oh yeah, racial essentialism and you know centralized power is Nazism, and we should never you should just get rid of that. It should be completely banned. It's like well that means that in a hundred years the next person who thinks of that is going to go revolutionary new idea. Here it is, mm-hmm. Nazism. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, if you hadn't erased that, we would still know it's bad. But because you thought it was so bad, we had to stop talking about it. Now because we're going to repeat it, offending people. Yeah, but it's like you can't you can't just delete the history. We need to be aware of it so that we know not to do it again. Exactly. It's part of human progress and you can't His- just like eliminate these things. Yeah. History forgotten is doomed to repeat itself. Yeah. yeah. I was just I just finished listening through a very good podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Mm. Um but I don't know if you started that yet, Jeff. You should. It's, I I just started it. I'm on episode one, it's, so I'll I'll catch up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I need something new. It is very good. Um, it's about seized. It's about the megachurch Mars Hill Ooh. and its pastor Mark Driscoll, and everything that went on behind the scenes and how the entire thing fell. Um, and at the episode I just listened to today to finish it, um, they talked about why the website still exists. Um, it's not someone bought the, um, uh. The website, IP? the IP, is the IP, why, why am I blanking on the name? The URL, the, do, the domain, the domain. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Someone bought, so marshill.com does not bring it to the old website, but they mm-hmm. preserved the website and all the teachings. Like somebody went through all the painstaking work of recreating, archived all of it. Someone. Yeah. After it had already been killed, mm-hmm. someone dug up all of the old archives, all the sermons and made a new website for it just so that it could be there for all of time as a mm-hmm. piece of history as a piece of history exactly it's a digital piece of history so we can remember what not to do <laughs> this is yeah, the you bad you can't just get rid of it yeah yeah you can't just bury it stick it under the rug it's like no we need to be aware especially people like us who are involved in churches it's like you need to be aware of these things so that if your church starts going down that road you can go uh-uh mm-hmm. not look here yeah. not doing Me- that remember this we're not doing that yeah. and you know the worse it is the more it needs to be known like there's there's people that have said that the Holocaust didn't happen. That's so amazing. Like the amount of damage that just that as like an idea as a whole is like so unbelievable. It's like the amount of atrocity that occurred during that whole time is unbelievably terrible. I mean, and then you even have like the whole Chinese dynasty of Mao, like like even worse almost <laughs> it's it's really sad yeah, but that wasn't like, the direct murder of people it was the indirect murder of way more people mm-hmm. right yes yeah he there he was responsible for his people starving and yeah so it wasn't yeah. direct but did you say your thought he didn't say let's no, kill all those people he said i'm an idiot and here's what i think and everyone did it <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> well, that's really bad <laughs> isn't it yes so, <laughs> 
Jumping back to my thought from before. They have been held in grips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The reason why this censorship of speech online, another reason why it really bothers me is that it assumes that the users are not intelligent enough to parse the information Mm -hmm. themselves and figure out what is true for themselves. It's like, oh, we're, we're smarter than you. We know that this is false. You don't need to see that. Like, well, why can't I, why can't I decide what's true and what's false? Do you think I'm not capable? That's what bothers me about it. Like I, I feel like I'm a decently intelligent human and I can Mm -hmm. figure out what's complete BS and what's not. And the other difficult thing is, is it completely breaks down like the whole social structure? Because let's say there, there are people of low IQ that are not intelligent that probably aren't able to effectively understand the information that is put before them and actually piece out this is garbage and terrible and this is good. But it's like you're telling me what percentage of those people have no one in their life that will actually take the time that care about them enough to talk to them about and be like, this is not actually good. And can actually assist them, kind of augment their thinking ability to actually reason through what they're saying. You know, some guy's like, yeah, this is what I think. And you're like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> like, no, that's a, that is a bad thought. And they're like, yeah, it is. And then you just ask enough questions and then eventually you go, oh, wait, yeah, I guess I was wrong. And you can actually, that can be actually be achieved as opposed to assuming that people are idiots. And they, they simply can't grasp this concept. So we're just going to spoon feed you our thoughts. Exactly. And suddenly like that's acceptable. It's not. And to anyone who has reasonable thinking power is going to be upset about that. I'm upset yeah. about that. <laughs> and that's where this whole authoritarianism that we're becoming so used to mm-hmm. is what it's why people like, I think I'll say all of us, it's just frustrating because it's, it's, it's not like it's some king who's come in here and said, you will all now give me your second born child. And it's like, what? <clears throat> it's not that level of authoritarianism. No. It's just, we have the authority to decide what's what's good for you, and you don't. And you just go, no, no, that's not cool. Yeah. I don't like that. It's not like some crazy overreach. It's just enough to annoy you. Yeah. And it's, it's just enough to make overt- you go, I don't like it. It's not overt enough that you can actually take action in the opposite. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like they're like, hey, we're just taking 50% of your money because uh, we need it. And you're like, no, I'm not giving you 50% of my money. And it's like, that's not like what they're doing. They're like, hey, you just can't go here on Wednesday. It's like, what if I want to? And you're like, yeah, we're just not going to do it. And then you do it anyways. And they're like, okay, well, we won't be upset at you this time. And then, okay, maybe it's fine this time. And we're going to yell at you a little bit. And then, okay, here's a fine. And then it's not some hard authoritarianism. It's just enough that you go, ah, it's it's icky. I don't like it. It just, I just, I don't like it. It's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fear is that it could become hard authoritarianism. Yeah. 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 The other, not out of the realm of possibility. I think the other, well, I think, so, so I think social media has been a, I think it should be like a public health crisis. <laughs> I'm, Dude, I the generation that. that's younger than us is so, so out of whack. It is crazy so how much when, social media they consume. Yeah. I'm guilty of looking down at my phone a lot, but it just struck me as I was jogging tonight that everyone I was passing on the sidewalk, whether they're walking their dogs or whatever, they're all looking at their freaking phones while they're out walking their dogs. 
Like, dang, what are we doing? This is bad. <laughs> you know, there's okay. stuff out here, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and part it's of honest to God, one of the reasons why I love golf because I, I, Dude, it's part of, I don't like golf phone. worse if I check my phone. So I, it's in the, it's in the bag and I'm like three hours until I check that thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Um, but social media, I think is a public health crisis for how addicting it is. And then it's also a public health crisis for the echo chambers that mm-hmm. we put ourselves in. Like it became so much easier to only follow the people we already agree with. Um, yeah. Well, the algorithm supports it and it's in the best interest of the algorithm to do that yes. from a business model. Right. So <laughs> we don't, we don't hear conflicting ideas nearly as often as we used to when we had to actually talk to our neighbors, mm-hmm. our physical neighbors in our neighborhoods. Um, and the, the third thing that sucks about social media is um, because it enabled such rapid fire access to information because of this information explosion that we all had access to. It forces media outlets who are all competing for everyone's attention, all competing for eyeballs mm-hmm. to be more polarized, to create the more most incendiary headlines they can just to get your attention and the to, to yeah to get to be more clickbaity mm-hmm. to skew their bias even further to the right or to the left it's pushed everything to the extremes and there is almost no center anymore yeah. i feel like we're all being driven crazy and the yeah. sad reality of it is that it's like we can also blame facebook and twitter and everyone but really fundamentally as a society we have to blame ourselves for being for falling into the trap yes. for, just tools. for stepping on that landmine <laughs> and being like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's free. It's good. We'll just, you know, this isn't going to affect us and kind of blindly waltzing into this thing that evolved in and of itself. Like Facebook wasn't what it is today when it was first created. It was like a college networking platform, which was yeah. great <laughs> for college. He literally created yeah. it to get girls. I think, didn't he? Yeah. I have no idea. Go watch the social, the social network. I it's still need to watch that movie. It's a good movie. But like the, the thing I was going to say is like the YouTube algorithm existed in, in its initial infin- infinity. Infancy? Infancy? Oh, yes. And it's infancy. Uh, as a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> infinitely, infancy, infinitely yeah. infant. Um, <laughs> New word. Put but, it in the dictionary. Go. Yes. <laughs> infinite NC. Um, <laughs> anyway. When it was first created, it was created to try to give people, because like when Scott and I were making YouTube videos in the early days, mm-hmm. you like, I mean, if you still make them, you tag all your stuff with all these keywords, right? which would try to make the algorithm pick them up and mm-hmm. feed them to people who watch things tagged with similar keywords. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was there to help you grow your stuff, to help you find people who liked what you liked. It's yep. like, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. I see no wrong with this. But what was discovered is that attractive women sell... And clickbaity, you know, like, oh my God, you will not believe what Amber Heard said today. Mm-hmm. People click on that. And like, it's a human problem. And people realized, oh, I can make money. I can become famous if I do that. And yep. then you just start doing it because the algorithm will support it. And it's like the people who mm-hmm. made the algorithm probably didn't, weren't thinking about that when they made it. Mm-hmm. But it just so happens that when human corruption shows up, you go, aha, I can profit off this. And then you do. Yes. And now we're 10 years, 15 years into this cycle and it's become bad. I mean, it's and it's hard to get out. 
it's like uh what is it like what is a human robot combination a cyborg it's literally like this a cyborg salesman it's like no salesman could sell this stuff on the scale that is that you know it, it exists on but then you add it with this algorithm and it's so much more powerful than we could have ever imagined like we just don't haven't really given the devil its due like it's unbelievably powerful its ability to manipulate human brains like it just genuinely is these algorithms have gotten way beyond and there's money in it because <laughs> and so because there's money in it people will funnel more into it to make it more powerful to be more effective and at some point like that's when i like i think elon musk can go on a rant when he's like hey i was gonna ruin us all and i'm like okay that's a little extreme dude and then you see it and you're like it already is and he's really smart <laughs> maybe huh, he's a little too about smart that. think about <laughs> like holy cow think about the idea of suggested posts mm -hmm. on instagram or facebook or whatever or targeted ads that's ai mm -hmm. learning everything about you dude and figuring out and understanding what you like <laughs> every time i open up youtube it goes to the home page and i can guarantee you there's a video on there that i want to watch i it's do not have right. to scroll i know but my it's favorite there. experience with this, my favorite freak three. out. Yeah. So I was, it was a couple of years ago. It was when I still had an office, so like 2018, mm -hmm. 2019. And one of my coworkers was describing how he might build himself a tiny home. And this was before I'd ever heard of tiny homes. And he said, yeah, I might build myself a tiny home. You can buy like, you know, those big, basically like Skype, we were saying you're getting a huge dumpster delivered to your house. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, you can buy one of those dumpsters. You can flip it over. And you can put a cement pad down and flip it over on the cement pad. You can build a tiny home out of it anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. And you can do all these like crazy. It's like giving this whole run. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I go home, open YouTube, recommended how to build a tiny home out of a dumpster. I was like, get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. What is Dude, that doing there? Seriously. I'm terrified. I'm going to go delete all of my accounts. I'm going to live in the woods. Like, this is not right. <laughs> I know. We're, we're all getting closer to... Uh, the what our grandparents used to say i was just like i'm gonna go live in a cabin in the woods on a mountain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and talk to no yeah. one and that like everyone is getting closer to that all the time period yeah our culture's really I mean, burning burning hot these days everything's kind of coming to a, a head at some point here even down to like, like I, I, again i i know i've been ahead of the curve i'm like oh yeah civil war's coming blah blah, blah. i'm pretty I guess you could say it's extremist at this. It's not even extreme at this point, though. You have completely made like Bill Maher is like, oh yeah, if we don't fix these problems, there's going to be a civil war here. It's like it's fucking Bill Maher. That's on TV yeah. now. He's very like, liberal. Is, like guys, we're this what what we're doing to each other, what we're doing to our own society cannot sustain for long. Maybe it's ten years, maybe it's twenty, maybe it's we're, thirty, but it just can't sustain like this. And that makes perfect sense that this is how it would happen. Like. They take the most fundamental thing about humanity. Like there are men and there are Talking. women and they flip that on and its head. And you can talk to each other. <laughs> and it's like, you can talk to each other. Like I'm, men and women and talking, which is also thinking. So thinking and fundamental of your existence. <laughs> yeah. All they're doing in the pursuit of inclusivity is sowing confusion mm -hmm. and disorder. And nobody knows who they are anymore. <laughs> like if you tell a kid we, they can be anything they want. That gives them no guidance whatsoever for how they should act. Like, we need to have some idea of how a man should act and how a woman should act and guide your son or daughter towards those ideals. And for us as Christians, that's very well defined. 
in scripture. So that's that's yeah. where, where that's what we're going for. Um, but our society has moved so far from that. Now we're saying you can be anything in between, and we, no one knows how to shepherd that. No one knows how to guide that. It's also yeah. equally crazy when you say you can be whatever you want. It's like, okay, well then, what is that? How yeah, we don't know. We don't know what a woman cool. is anymore. Our new new Supreme Court <laughs> cool, justice dude. could not define what a woman was. Can't define it. I'm not a biologist. You okay. have to legislate. You, you have to determine if our laws were created fairly and constitutionally. Oh you can't my tell word! Me what a woman is. It's like, oh yeah. What it's about go laws on. that protect women? <laughs> like, protect do you, who? Do you have I an am, opinion on? Yeah. You know what? I personally hold those uh, to be very important, considering that I have a wife. I care about laws that protect women because I want my wife to be protected. So I know I have a vested That's interest my in this. <laughs> That's my favorite. You're a white male. You can't have an opinion about this. It's like, I have a daughter and a wife. Like, why am I not allowed to have an opinion about <laughs> laws that affect my daughter? Yeah. Like, and why what? do you think only women having an opinion on this thing would change the outcome? Yeah. There are women who believe, a lot of women who believe exactly what I believe. So, like, yeah. what, what's your my point? My wife thinks the same way I do. It's like, does she not count? <laughs> can, right. I, can I represent her? Especially biblically, I actually think it's my job to represent her properly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of my role as the head of the household to properly represent my family so it's like I re- i'm representing my wife when i say these things how is that not okay yeah because i'm the guy saying it okay, we believe that being married actually creates a one new entity like what we are a new creation mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's a man and a woman together so anyway yeah man yeah i think we could literally rant on this forever this could go <laughs> for <laughs> a long time yeah i don't and even know how long we we did a really good job but we are officially going to start veering off topic violently if we keep going. Yes. <laughs> I can feel it. Yes. We stayed in the pocket. We popped and weaved through a few of those, but we're still there. It's good. I'm happy. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Hey. We can we can call it there. I've, Boys. I enjoyed this one. Thanks for talking with me, good man. One. Yeah. Not bad it. for having done zero planning. That I was, love it. <laughs> that was pretty Bam. good. Bam. Week 49, we we're like, oh, gosh, let's roll this thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Quick update. Mm-hmm. Um we originally were saying we wanted to get out to episode 52. Um, not sure that's going to happen. Some plans <laughs> have changed. We've had some stuff fall through and yeah, it's probably not going to work out the same way. Yeah. We're having some scheduling problems on my end, trying to get some, some guests on. So it eh, might not make it. Yeah. So we're week. thinking season one is going to conclude with episode 50, which will come out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll just kind of be kind of a, a year in review. It's been pretty much a year. Mm-hmm. We've been recording these for over a year. So yeah. even though we don't have yeah. 52 episodes out, it'll be, it's been a year. So, um, so that's what, uh, next week will be our last episode of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll take a little break and then, uh, and we will uh, keep you posted via social media and such. Probably maybe we can even like release like a, not an episode episode of like, hey, people who listen to us and this is the only way you know what are doing, then. Yeah. Yeah. We might give you a little we'll update. Give you a little Like a teaser. Up. We'll do a season yeah. two teaser. Ooh, I can dig Ooh. it. We'll do a, tra- a trailer for our podcast. Yeah. Bam. Teaser trailer. Boom. Yeah. Can dig it. So, having said that, um, while we will be absent for a little while, our podcast will live on. The episodes are all still there. Yes. You may share them. You have our permission. Please. <laughs> Please share them. So that season two, we can come in strong and uh, maybe the audience will have increased. Who knows? Um, but for now, that is all we have. 
So we will talk at you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>